You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We are about to break the surly bonds of gravity and punch the face of God. I wish I was a little Left Jab Productions present Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. And now your host, Dave Zarn. The Schmara Kid. Boom! Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. I am not Dave Zirin. Oh no, I am DC Dan, producer in the driver's seat once again alongside Coach Kevin McNutt. It's a pleasure to see you as always, because, you know, when Dave's out, we always like to rely on our star score. That's right. I got game, baby. So do you, man. That intro was beautiful. Absolutely oh, beautiful. Stop it, stop it. Too nice, too nice. Also, that laugh you hear is Mean Mark Berry, our football savant. It's almost here, savant? Mark. Can you oh, feel it? Two weeks left I, of preseason. I, I, I can. Have you been watching preseason? Because I have. I have not been watching preseason, but that shouldn't you've, you've shock missing, anybody. You've been, you've been missing something. What, what have I missed? What have I missed? So I'm not. I'm just not even going to get into it. A lot of <laughs> ice bucket you, challenges. Yeah. That's what I've missed. Apparently so. Challenge. That's everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. Uh, and I know the Patriots. Patriots were one of the first teams to actually do it um, as a team. Just in the NFL, I'm sure everyone else is, is going along. I'm just saying. Let's, let's bring up the Patriots I'm in the first three saying. minutes. Let's of course. Do this. Yeah. What, what else would you expect? <laughs> Dave is still on IR, as you can uh, assume, as he's not here hosting with us. But he will be on the show featured mm. later on. He's getting better. We'll also be talking to Ben Shapiro. Uh, from Mass Live, talk some Major League Baseball. It's Ooh. been a while since we talked baseball on the show, and you know what? There's only about, what, 50 games left? That's only going to take, I don't know how many, 27 months, but the wild card <laughs> standings, the, the, they're out. Everyone's getting ready for the playoff push. It's Psych not a playoff point. push. It's a playoff slog. We have to wait and wait and wait. But you know what? It's almost here, Mark. <laughs> Any yeah. early favorites? Have you been following the season? Because I'm, I'm liking some of this stuff. Some of these trades, it's good. It's good. The Kansas City Royals are in first place in the AL Central. The oh Kansas City Royals are in first place. I don't know if we, I would have lived to see the day when that would happen mm-hmm. this late in the season. It's amazing. It's well, incredible. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. incredible. Also, the NCAA uh-huh. basically no longer exists. 
A oh, little man. round of applause for that. Boo. <laughs> we, we'll get into we're a lot more of Leo Bannon yeah. case uh, with Dave when he joins us later in the show. We're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, we're going to yeah. talk some football. Yeah. Probably some fantasy football, uh, maybe, maybe not, maybe, maybe, maybe just a little, right. just because Dave's not here. How, how does Dave get on the show when he's on IR? He should be in rehab. What's going on here? I mean, you know, is it because he's I mean, a star? Or we we, we still have to do what he says, just because you're the, the second bills. star. He pays exactly. the yeah. bills, the yeah. zero bills for us. But you can follow us at Edge of Sports on Twitter. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. We'll return after this. Dave Zirin returns on Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. Boom, we are back. How about that one, huh? <laughs> Everybody that gets a boom. Loud. There that was go. great. Anyway, guys, before we get uh, into uh, the show with our guests, let's take this moment to talk about, you guys talked about an opening, mm-hmm. NFL season is almost on us. We have, uh, what, preseason games starting again tonight, nice round all the way going through a Monday night game with the... Uh, uh, Washington football team entertaining the Cleveland Browns with uh, Mr. Johnny Football himself. Johnny Cleveland. Now, I know you guys had this. I, D.C., you said you didn't watch the exhibition, but I know you saw clips. Everybody's talking about Johnny Manziel, and he's in the spot. And uh, We might well start there. I mean, everybody's talking about him. Why not? You know, let's, let's jump in. What say you, Mark, and Mr. Johnny I, Football? I, li- I like Johnny Manziel. I think he's really interesting. He has the possibility to have that RG3 kind of bump the first season, his first season. And at the same rate, he has that same RG3 ability to get injured and not play in half the games this year. <laughs> so as long as he's there, he's going to be dynamic. People are going to watch. I'm going to watch. And I like everybody else on that offense more because he's out there. All right. So now this this game that they're playing on Monday night, it was set up before they drafted Manziel, right? Because it sounds like, you know, a nice little TV thing, uh, uh, Monday night football, and then you, he just happens to be on against RG3. But they didn't know that prior. I don't know. Do they move these games around? I think they do. I, I think, that, well, yeah, I, so. they, they released schedules after they were after the NFL draft. It was after, okay. Yeah. And the draft, but they, they moved the draft back. The draft was in May, first, May, first yeah, couple yeah. days okay, of May. So, yeah. Okay, so this was this was... This was not by accident, no. happenstance. No, okay. no, no. TV. Roger Goodell has hands in this. <laughs> right, right. As always. Uh, so what else did what what else stuck out in the first week? Anything? Hall of Fame game in the first week. Uh, did you see Tampa Bay's new digs by chance? Ugh, ugh. They look like an alarm clock with those numbers. It's really bad. I I mean, jumping on the bandwagon of what everybody else is talking about, I think the Jets are going to be interesting with the, both the quarterback controversy and kind of the running back controversy that they have. Like, controversy? They got they got a bunch of big names out there. I think that Michael Vick is going to, as long as he's healthy, factor right. in with that quarterback position. And Chris Ivory doesn't say healthy, so him and Chris Johnson are going to be around. You know, that's interesting because when you say uh, Vic, I think of Manziel more running around and, and, and looking like, a, you know, uh, look, looking like Vic a little bit. And that. I'm, I'm not so sure what he's going to do with his arm. I'm not sure he's going to stay in the pocket. It looks like he's going to flee out of the pocket quickly. Yeah. I don't, well, I Rex don't know. Ryan's not afraid to do the, this Wildcat thing that's probably about five years too late mm, right now. But, yeah. 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 I, Vic just seems like an injury waiting to happen. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand that. i got to bring up something that I, that I heard. And, D.C., I want you to jump in on this one, too. I heard that our Washington football team, we don't use the other name, mm-hmm. is charging $57 for parking for the exhibition game this past, <laughs> is it preseason? I'm saying, I'm saying that wrong. I guess the NFL wouldn't like me saying exhibition. For the game uh, uh, last week against the Patriots, and I guess it would be the same for, for Monday night's game against the Browns. What kind of number is that? You know how to stop that from happening? Uh, don't go. Stop paying it. <laughs> but you know what? 
You've already Capitalism, paid for the ticket. You pay. You're going to pay. Exactly. You're yeah. going to pay. Right. They can put up the prices all they want. People can complain and complain and say it's not fair. We don't want to pay this much money. But people still do it. I think in general, I mean, yeah, Jacksonville is not the greatest example just in, in terms of the general fan base and how many people attend games. But the way you can stop teams from charging so much is just to stop going and with just – Massive TVs and just the home experience getting so much better these days. Right. I think right. there is a battle, and I think it's outrageous that a team, especially one with almost zero track record of winning in the past 20 years, basically right. since I've been alive. Right. Also yeah. shame, just zero shame. Yeah, that too. just <laughs> that it's ridiculous that they're going to charge that much. But right. again, it just comes back to the fact that people will pay. Right. Uh, before we move on, I just want to tell you this, guys. Back when I was a youngster, we had season tickets, and that's when they were playing 14 games, and it was at RFK. Season tickets were $7, and it was seven games, seven home games, $49 for the season ticket to the rest. This was in the late 60s. And when you walked was, uphill to school both ways in the snow. <laughs> in the snow no, yeah. no. And now it's $57 to park, so that's why, I just, <laughs> that's why I brought it up. So just you know, Question, and I want you both to chime in on this one. Is Thursday night football a good thing? Mark. No. No, oh, yeah. it's not. It's the sprawl. Hey, you're a junkie. So no, that really, I, I'm surprised I mean, you came out so emphatic and, with that note. And I watch there's an at football, but it's not good football that happens. It's continued short weeks. It's obvi- It's usually the more higher profile teams that play those Thursday night games. So they play more often on short weeks, more injury potential, and it, they're just sloppy games. They're mm-hmm. not good. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. And now that they've sprawled out onto CBS, so it's now network television, it'll only become bigger based on this. Right, right. But, now, here's a question. And I think if I, I took a peek at the schedule. So if I'm not mistaken, I think they're doing all conference games, you know, um, uh, interdivision games, mm. which I think is going to keep the score low because you got, you know, you got the two teams playing. They're familiar Familiar. with each other. Well, I think that's the fairest way to do it because you're going to have such a short week to prepare. Mm -hmm. And you'll play them twice. Yeah. yeah, And I I agree with Mark. I think it's I I think it's bad. It's not safe for the players Mm -hmm. and not just for the safety and just in terms of the product. It's not good football. Mm -hmm. What? How how many times have we seen these Thursday night games? And it's like 16 to 7. Right. Just just a poor showing. No matter what the scores, it's not good. I don't want to see it as a fan. There's plenty of football going on anyway it's unnecessary i don't understand it uh coach i i actually have a question for you i Uh-oh. put them still, you, you you came out here and you brought up the question i've got i mean this is a very vague very there's not a wrong answer unless it is a wrong answer that's my kind of question uh, <laughs> co- coming into the season there there are so many like really like quality teams that have been put together there's mm-hmm. some high quality afc and nfc teams is there one whether they're good or not is there one that if you see is on tv you have to watch uh, only if my fantasy guys are. <laughs> okay, it's not it's not a team thing. It's just are, are, are you that broken down? I have really really changed. Um, interesting you bring it up because mm. it used to be when I was a, a fan, you know, teenager um, and twenties. You you're a fan and you, you follow the team. Now you know, and it's working with Dave and sports and politics. Um, I do. I do root for my fantasy guys. So you become detached. That's wondering why Dave doesn't like fantasy because he says, you know, what's it all about? He, it takes you away from being a fan. But then the other point of it is, I, you know, like Snyder, I cannot pull for the Washington mm-hmm. home team because of Snyder has annexed the fifty-seven dollars parking and, and all the things he does. His best friend is a dollar bill. The the Redskin debate. So you know. So now I find out I just don't have allegiance. I like their uniform. I, I, I live here, so I'm supposed to follow that team. I'm not into that anymore. Now I'm starting to get into some of the politic issues. So. 
that's a that's a good. I just watch how I've just changed. So, you know, as things are going along, but we're running out of time here. But I want to ask you guys. Here's a question. We're going to say predictions for when Dave gets back. Yep. Okay. But as an appetizer, you know that every year a team goes from fourth in the division to first, a la Kansas City of last year. So, as an appetizer for the fans, tell us which team or teams. You know, only give us one which will go from last to first this season. Now, in the NFC, you've got Washington, Minnesota, Atlanta, St. Louis. In the AFC, you have Houston, Buffalo, Cleveland, Oakland. Mark, give me one of those eight. I think Washington probably has the best chance on it. They have a pretty good, at least offense, very well put together. I'm going to say my personal choice, and this is probably because I've been swept up on the hard knocks thing. I I, I like the Falcons. I, I like really? I like Atlanta. Yeah. I like what they brought in. I mean, just what they've been able to do by bringing in players who are a little bit past their prime. Uh, O.C. Minora, Stephen Jackson. If, th- if these people can players can gel, they could be really good yeah. with, the, with that yeah. wide receiver core. Yeah. The injury bug hit them hard last year, but their defense is very shaky. But uh, I, ironically, you, you you use that uh, NFC South and that vision for I guess what five years in a row they went worst to first mm-hmm. or however you want to use it. Yeah. Um, so that's an interesting pick. D.C. What say you? I would probably go with Atlanta, but just, you know, for the sake of argument, can't pick the same team that Mark did, of course. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go another team that has a ton of talent and really just quarterback situation really hurt them last year, the Houston Texans. I see them definitely can jump it because aside from the Colts, and I'm not even – buying too much on the Colts because outside of Andrew Luck on on offense and Reggie Wayne, ugh, I don't really like what I see there. You don't so like Akeem Nix? Don't, don't really <laughs> no, like that. Shocking. So Houston, I think, can make the jump over Jacksonville and Tennessee, two pretty mediocre teams. And again, Indy, Indy is not strong enough for me to just be any worried about them. Okay. So Well, you're not going to yeah. like my answer, but it's the correct answer. It's for your, uh, your your Patriots. Watch out for my Buffalo Bills. Yep, that's I was almost Ralph there. Ralph Wilson. They're going to dedicate the season to Ralph Wilson. They're going to come out of here. Uh, 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 C.J. Spiller is going to blow your mind in fantasy, <laughs> uh-huh. and they're going to have a good team. They got a good defense. They got some weapons. Uh, Watkins under as a wide receiver. If the quarterback gets done, they go. Anyway, we're out of time. We'll be back. We're going to have to break break here. We'll be back with Ben Shapiro. Uh, nice. Red Sox monster is his handle, and we will be right back. This is Edge of <laughs> Edge of Sports. Edge of Sports Radio. <laughs> Talking that fantasy football, baby. <laughs> one, one, two, two. Don't one, two, move. Three, Dave Zirin will be right back with more Edge of Sports Radio. Come on, come on. You're listening to Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. We're back. And I'm, I'm your host, co-host with me, Mark Berry. I'm Kevin McNutt, <laughs> D.C. Dan, manning the board. Our first guest is Ben Shapiro, FOP, friend of the program. He's graciously consented to come on with us today. He's at Mass Talk Live and has the unique Twitter handle of Red Sox Monster. Ben, you there? I am there. How you doing? My man. My man. Welcome aboard. Listen, Ben, I'm going to start out with one question, and these guys have got a list for you. But I'm going to go back to the trade deadline, Um, in particular, Price leaving Tampa Bay. Um, I'm a little bit confused. First of all, I thought they had a chance for the wild card. They were playing well uh, since the All-Star break. I think they had had an 11-game win streak. They were doing well. And I was really stunned that they made the trade because I thought they had a chance to get the wild card. I'm a Joe Madden fan. And then the other thing, everybody's saying, I don't know it as well as you, that they gave up a ton. They, well, they didn't get anything back for price. They gave them away cheap. What say you? I think that 
the wild card was a long shot, right? I mean, when you consider the fact that they had went on a great run just to get within a few games of 500, they weren't even a 500 team, and you're still talking about leapfrogging five or six teams, and basically, so that means you need to go on another epic uh, stretch of, of, you know, 18 and 7 baseball or something like that to get back to that point. I think the wild card was a real long shot. Uh, so I'm not sure if I if I'm I, I'm with them on sort of selling at the deadline. I think that's fine. I agree with you though. I, I think that look, they they may end up getting this may end up being a good deal for them, but it doesn't at first glance appear like they got enough. I think Smiley certainly is a solid left-handed pitcher. He's cost controlled, and he's going to be good. He's you know he could be a number three type of starter, maybe even a number two. You're certainly not going to get anything out of him what you could get out of Price. You know, you knew that going in. You weren't going to get an even exchange there because Price is a, is a Cy Young Award winner and a lefty, and, and he's, he's a great the great pitcher. He's only 28. But then the other key part was Nick Franklin, and Franklin is a great minor league player who has struggled at the major league level. He comes from a Seattle minor league system that really hasn't produced much in the way of uh, – of quality offensive players since you really got to go back to Adam Jones to find a great, mm. a great offensive player out of the Mariners system. And of course they traded him for Eric Bedard, but they, they did produce Jones. Jones is a great player, but the, the, the track record of Mariners offensive prospects isn't great. And the, uh, the shortstop prospect they got from the Tigers as well, very high ceiling, of course, but so young, uh, just, really tough to project at this time so i do feel like maybe they could have done better in the off season but they've made a number of good trades in the past and i think that uh, andrew friedman has a pretty good tra- track record so maybe they uh, know a little bit more than i do or you do <laughs> uh ben uh mean mark here great to talk with you uh my favorite story going on right now is the fact that the kansas city royals are in first place at the al central in august for the first time since 2003 it's crazy. They're a team that's always been just a door, a, a doormat. And I don't. Um, is this something that they can keep up? Uh, do they have to keep up their high level of play? Is Detroit in some sort of free fall, or are they destined to this? What, what's going to happen there? Well, look, I think the Royals are just coming off a stretch where they won. I think it was nine in a row at one point, nine, and and you know they they did I believe take two of three from Oakland to start this week off. They're playing great baseball. You can't count on them winning nine of ten the rest of the season, or even eight of ten. But this is a solid baseball team. They've got arguably the best bullpen, or one of the best bullpens in the American League. And then you've got some very good starting pitching. And the feeling always was, if they could start to score some runs, they were going to win, a, you know, their fair share of baseball games. Now the the caveat to that was that no one really felt like it would matter because everyone felt like Detroit was going to be so good that at best Kansas City could hope for a wild card, even if they were. A solid team this year but what's what's interesting is that Detroit isn't that good is that you know they've got these phenomenal players but the supporting cast just hasn't been good enough I mean the lineup with Miguel Cabrera and and Victor Martinez looks amazing but they've struggled to get production out of a number of other key positions and you know one to nine it's not a lethal lineup and then you go to that rotation. Right now they've got some serious injury issues. You've got uh, Anibal Sanchez hurt. And then they got Price. Obviously the starting rotation is a strength, but Verlander has been a disappointment. And that bullpen, it just seems like no matter who they put in the pen, it doesn't work. You know, they get Joe Nathan coming off a great season in Texas last year. 
He's got a career-worst earn-run average over five right now. They acquire Joaquin Soria, who is the new closer in Texas. He was having a great year. He's been terrible since he got there. Now he's on the disabled list. Jabba Chamberlain's actually been a pretty solid addition back there, but he can't do it on his own. So uh, they've got – look, this is on Detroit at this point. If Detroit starts to play the baseball they were expected to play, I think they'll overtake Kansas City. But the way things are going right now, uh, these two teams could be neck and neck right down to the end. Ben, thanks so much for joining us today, DC Dan here. And I want to keep the conversation on big pitchers and two that are obviously the standouts of the season, Felix Hernandez of the Mariners and Clayton Kershaw of the Dodgers. They're both, at least so far, I, I think they're both relative locks to win their respective Cy Youngs. But could we also see both of them win the MVP in their respective leagues as well? I think it's unlikely. I think, generally speaking, when you've seen pitchers win the MVP award, they've, A, had dominant, phenomenal, historically great seasons. And that you're going to see, I think, both of them put together and and they'll finish with historically fantastic numbers. But you've also seen sort of a a lack of a defined offensive superstar, and that's where you get a problem. I, I just can't see Mike Trout missing out on a third MVP award or a third straight you know, finishing second in the MVP award for the third year in a row, especially when the the reasoning behind a lot of people not voting for him the last couple of years has been that his team has not been very good. And this year, the Angels are one of the best teams in baseball. And Trout is having an absolutely phenomenal season. And then in the National League, you've got a Marlins team that most people thought was going to be terrible, started out good, then lost Jose Fernandez, so everyone assumed they'd be terrible then, and they've been carried by Giancarlo Stanton. I just, to me, it looks it looks like those two guys are probably going to win your your MVP awards, and I'm not I'm not so sure they don't they don't deserve them either. Hmm. Uh, if you take a look at the Seattle Mariners, it's not just Felix Hernandez this year. You've got great years from Chris Young and Hisashi Iwakuma, and even Rowenis Ro- Eliash. It's kind of uh, they right now they have the major league best uh, ERA of two point nine five, and they're right in the thick of this for the the wild card. I know that their offense is. Kind of. I mean, other than Robinson Cano, it's not much. But are they one of the favorites right. to take an, uh, to take a wild card spot in the AL? Well, they've got a chance. Look, they they did a nice job of acquiring some decent pieces down the stretch. They didn't get any any big names, but you know, Kendrys Morales, Austin Jackson, th- those guys are upgrades over what they had before. So uh, you know, a slightly better Seattle offense plus that pitching staff could result in the wild card. But now you've got this issue with Kansas City and Detroit. So, you know, Seattle is, is in this is in this, this, this log jam where they're fighting other good teams. Kansas City is, is similar to Seattle in that, uh, you know, they just got Josh Willingham. They're a pitching, a pitching strong baseball team that just needs a little bit more offense and you feel like they can get over the hump. But now there's two teams like that. So it's, it's going to go down to that wire. The, you know, the baseball purists railed against the second wild card but it, it really is going to result in in a very I think a, a, a pennant race that goes you know all the way down to the the last day of the season this year or could go down to the last day of the season just because of the sheer number of teams involved and I think uh, Kansas City and Seattle to me are are your best bets for Kansas City and or Detroit because of course the Royals could win the division but uh, with Seattle those are your best bets to take that 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 second wild card spot in the American League. I can't see any of the other anyone catching the Angels, and I can't see the Angels catching the A's. 
Well, speaking of the wild card, and I guess you sort of answered that, at least in the AL, but in the NL, is there any team that's kind of on the outside of this playoff push? I know it's just one of my big gripes uh, that we're over 40 games left and it's still a playoff push. We're seeing wild card standings. Way too much time left. But anyway, is there any team maybe in the NL or AL that could possibly sneak in, get hot, go on even in a historic run if need be, and sneak in the playoffs? Well, in the AL, I think you know we already went over. I think it's going to be Seattle or Kansas City or Detroit. One of those one of those teams will end up in the uh, in the second wild card with the Angels. In the National League, it's a little bit more uh, a little bit more complex, I think, because I, I can't really see the Reds doing it, and I, I can't see the Marlins doing it. Even though I love I love Stanton, but I just don't think they're going to have enough horses. I don't think you know adding Jared Kosart is going to make make or break that that team. But that Central Division is is jam-packed, Milwaukee at the top, and then you've got Pittsburgh and St. Louis. Uh, you know, St. Louis, I- I'm not sold on Masterson, but I, I like Lackey a lot as an addition. Uh, I think the Cardinals, they're, they're obviously an experienced playoff team. I-, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, they hold one of the wild cards right now, but I, I would also watch out for the, <clears throat> watch out for the Giants. Uh, the Giants are in a tough spot because, uh, you know, getting Jake Peavy's nice, but he- he's not Matt Kane. And losing Matt Cain is is going to be tough for them to overcome. Then you've got the Braves, who are another team that always seems to be in the mix. But I I still feel like there's too many holes in that lineup for the Braves to get over the hump. I I, I if I had to pick right now, I'd stick with the teams that have the wild card spots: Pittsburgh and St. Louis, even though their leads are very very slim. But uh, but you know, I. I, I could see the Giants sneaking in there. I could see Atlanta sneaking in there. I don't see one of the the teams like Cincinnati or Miami or, or certainly San Diego or any team like that that's a little bit further back making an epic push, though. Ben, as usual, in-depth reporting and insight from you. Tell the folks out there how they can follow you, sir. And, uh, again, friend of the program, we've got to have you. But tell, tell everybody how they, how they can follow you. On Twitter, at Red Sox Monster. Uh, on the Internet, at MassLive.com. Um, those are your best your best bets. I'm 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 on Twitter frequently, so uh, so yeah, check me out All at right. Red Sox Monster. All right, nice. Dave will be back next 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 time we have you back for as we get to head, head toward the playoffs again. Thanks so much, friend of the program, for coming on, folks. That was Ben Shapiro. We will be right back with more Edge of Sports Radio. And Dave Zirin. Dave Zirin will continue with Edge of Sports Radio after the break. <laughs> Dave Zirin returns on Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. We're back. <laughs> nice nice choice of music there, D.C. Inspired. Uh, <laughs> Coach Kevin Minnett here with me, Mark Berry, and D.C. Dan on the big board. Well, he's here, uh, and we missed him. He, he's our main man. I have a little, I'm going to tell you this, Dave, I'm a little bit uh, not feeling this, you know, as the coach, you know, you're on IR, I want you to get to rehab, and, and i got to coach him up, and the team's got to move on, but we're making a concession for you. How you doing, partner? Hey, I'm doing okay, coach. Uh, you know, I am on IR. I should be on the bench. But what can I say? Sometimes part of the healing process is just talking to the people you care about. And I can't get any of them on the phone. So I'm to you. <laughs> See? Okay. Okay, guys. I told you. Ah, be ready. Is. There it is. Anyway, we're going to cut right to the meat potatoes. we got some hard-hitting questions. A lot has transpired since you've been gone. And we're going to jump right yes. into it. 
mainly just wanted to pick your brain on this O'Bannon decision. So I've got some of the details on it itself. Uh, Judge Claudia Wilkin, uh, as uh, uh, she issued an injunction against a ban on payments to players for the commercial use of their names, images, and likenesses, and also ruled the college sports governing body, the NCAA, may not prohibit universities from offering cost-of-living stipends in addition to scholarships. Now, every one of these lawsuits, it seems about like six or seven years in a row, is going to be the thing that, was, that would be the death knell on the NCAA, the Wicked Witch, if we will. Is this, is this it? Is the NCAA done? Can, can we just, like, cheer now? No, the NCAA is not done because the NCAA is a shapeshifter, and they're (laughs) going to continually try to figure out a way to keep the Golden Goose alive because right now they're fighting for their very survival Mm -hmm. as an institution. So you can't look at the O'Bannon decision as separate from their decision to grant the five power conferences much more leeway in offering bigger stipends and offering uh, sweeter scholarship deals and offering guaranteed scholarships uh, for the players themselves. Because that's where the power lies. And if they can cut off the cream at the top, then they can figure out a way to keep the money flowing into their pockets. And for a lot of these power conferences, even in football, uh, they need the NCAA. They want the NCAA. They want, um, they hate the NCAA for the restrictions and for the, the huge playbook and everything that it prevents them from doing. But they want the NCAA because it provides them an external body that can act as a criminalization mechanism on the players themselves. Mm. And that's invaluable for these teams. They're not doing their own oversight. So I think the NCAA lives until we have a revolt of the power conferences. Uh, The O'Bannon decision could have uh, greased a revolt of the power conferences because they would want the ability to be able to say to recruits, like, hey, we can offer you this, we can offer you that. But if they can get them under their wings, then the NCAA will live another day. But make no mistake about it, this is a limping beast at this point. Mm-hmm. So the NCAA may still be dangerous, it may still be alive, but it, it's bleeding out. It mm-hmm. is. So what's next? Is there going to be another sh- another lawsuit, another shot of the NCAA? Is there something else that the NCAA is doing already recovering, and, and are they going to fight back with something in the near future? Or is this going to be quiet for a couple years? Well, no, there already are other lawsuits. And then we get the results also of the Northwestern Union vote, uh, which will also have a ricochet effect. And then there's the fact that uh, the Labor Relations Board decision still stands, that private colleges can have union drives. And that goes on even if the Northwestern players reject having a union. So there's a lot of work still to be done, a lot of work for our friend Ramogi Huma at the at the um, Collegiate Players Association, um, a lot that's still going on. Um, and we just have to keep um, keep our eyes on it because this is a story that's going to keep ongoing, and there are more lawsuits out there, too. And we can't forget that the NCAA has their own multimillion-dollar war chest to fight these lawsuits. And so it's like the more they fight, the more it gets public exposure, the more difficult it is, uh, frankly, for them to find any judge uh, who, who will say anything that's in any way supportive of the NCAA, because on the face of it, it's so blatantly um, a restraint of trade issue. I mean, so blatantly they're preventing people over the age of 18 years old from earning a living. It's so patently independent of the U.S. Constitution. It's just not going to last. Even Judge Claudia Wilkins, I mean, you've got to read Claudia Wilkins some of what she said. Like, like she came into this not knowing what a conference was. Wow. Like, this is not someone who is well-versed in this. Mm-hmm. And in some respect, that did us some favors. Because it's almost like seeing someone with new eyes 
someone with a working knowledge of the law, a very skilled jurist, but someone who's not a sportsman, looking at this with new eyes and just being appalled at the idea that such a system could even exist. Mm-hmm. Dave, okay, now let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this two ways. Matter of fact, I'm just, I'm just going th- this way. Since you've been gone, a lot has happened. Uh, it's about two weeks now, and um, I have I was thinking about you strong about you know you being on the show today. So I have a new segment, and it's called Zyron's Zingers. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and run some topics that has happened the last two weeks because everybody's been you know we haven't heard from you much, and everybody's you know wants to know you always have strong opinions. So I got Zyron's Zingers. Yeah. And it's a buffet of sports topics that that have happened since you uh, since since you've been out, and here you go. Man, First I hope one. I've heard of what's been out. Oh, my goodness! My goodness. <laughs> look, look at him. You know what I mean? Come on, Kevin Love trade finalized. Uh, obviously, it immediately makes Cleveland the team to beat um, in the entire week Eastern Conference. But at the same time, I love this trade for Minnesota. Um, instead of having an overrated Clay Thompson that they have to pay eighty million dollars to, and a David Lee who's like cat, like the homeless man's Kevin Love, uh, what you get instead, what you get instead is the opportunity, and it really is. This is on the table of seeing if you have a player in Andrew Wiggins who uh, could be an absolute super duper megastar in this league. Correct. Yeah. And I would have loved to have seen. On the one hand, I would have loved to have seen if Andrew Wiggins could have developed into that star yep. on the Cavaliers under LeBron's wing. Yep. But on yeah. the other hand, and a lot of people have said that, but on the other hand, where's the record of LeBron James being like this incredible mentor? Hmm. I mean, where 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 is that? Uh, why do we think that he necessarily would have blossomed under LeBron James? I mean, what possible track record of mentoring young players? What, Mario Chalmers? Norris Cole? Booby Gibson? I mean, there's no reason. I mean, LeBron seems to frankly play much better with people who are professionals and know how to play, not people who are young and don't know what they're doing. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's just who LeBron is. And so I'd rather see Andrew Wiggins on Minnesota with Ricky Rubio, uh, trying to actually be a player mm-hmm. instead of somebody who would have been for literally the next three or four years, he would have been uh, wing defender Andrew Wiggins. That would have been his role, and he would have been amazing at it. But that's almost like getting a fi- uh, someone who could be a five star chef and putting him to work in a Burger King. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's like let's see what Andrew Wiggins can actually do on Minnesota. So I, I really do love this trade uh, for both teams, frankly. Right. Becky, but not, and actually, I love it. I love it more for Minnesota, mm-hmm. given what they had to work with, mm-hmm. than for Cleveland. Right, right. I got you, Becky Hammond, first female coach in NBA with San Antonio Spurs. Oh, I mean, anybody who has known Becky Hammond has followed her. I mean, she, she's kind of a basketball savant. She knows the game ridiculously well. Uh, you still weren't going to have a team offer her a job, frankly, if it wasn't Coach Pop. I'm trying to think of who else would have offered her this job if not Coach Pop. And Coach Pop's got two advantages over all other decision makers uh, in the National Basketball Association. One is that who has more job security than Coach Pop at this point. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, he can make these kinds of risks without worrying about – you know, the team doing badly. I mean, the team will win 55 games this year no matter what. I mean, etch it in stone. And so he doesn't have to worry about that and people saying, oh, you ruined the team, you brought in a distraction, blah, blah, all that ridiculousness. Right. But the second thing is that Coach Pop is a progressive basketball thinker. Yes, sir. I mean, he really is someone who thinks out of the box. Yes, I mean, you've got to give him all the credit in the world for being 
I would argue, the most creative coach of his generation. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at this team, for goodness sakes. It's ridiculous how he's changed this team on the fly. Right. I mean, Kawhi Leonard was just the finals MVP. That's Coach Pop right. that made that happen. Right. Right. So I'm very excited about what Becky Hammond's going to bring to the table, and I'm very excited that because of Coach Pop, not because of the NBA, but because of Coach Pop, he's been able to create an environment where someone like Becky Hammond could actually uh, get a job and also thrive. Right. Here's a three-for-one for you. Paul George's injury, the impact on the, on the Pacers next season, and Durant leaving Team USA. Oh, man. Um, well, you know, I, I've always thought that the international competition was, was overvalued. Um, I don't quite understand uh, why Durant is getting uh, the amount of guff that he is getting. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's longstanding that you got to watch out for yourself in this world. Uh, Paul George, I mean, is living proof of that. I know a lot of people have said, well, that injury is a fluke. It could happen any time, any place. But let's be honest, it didn't happen any time, any place. This is where it happened. And frankly, it doesn't happen every time, every place. Like, how often do superstars have injuries of that magnitude in the offseason? Particularly after a grueling season like Paul George, where he played a full season and then deep into the playoffs. It doesn't happen. But it can happen if you don't give your body a chance to rest and a chance to heal. So, I don't blame Kevin Durant one lick, particularly because if there's even a minute chance that Kevin Durant comes and plays for the Washington Wizards, I want him to be as healthy as humanly possible when that beautiful day arrives. <laughs> yeah, selfish, motivation, <laughs> selfish motivation there. This is a nice softball into your wheelhouse. Danny Boy Snyder's interview on ESPN d- defending the uh, racist team name and Roger Goodell's response to the penalty on Ray Rice. I mean, what do you even begin to say about this? I mean, I don't think we really think enough at the time about the unbelievable arrogance it takes for somebody, for a, a billionaire, to say to people who are offended by something, this, you should not be offended because this, this word does not mean what you think it means. I mean, let's forget about the insensitivity, the tin-earedness, but just the arrogance to look at people and say, hey, you offended person. You don't have the right to be offended mm. because it doesn't mean what you think it means. I mean, to have that level of arrogance is to live in a bubble. And it's also, I think, reflective of the kind of racism that Native Americans have to live with in this country because you try to, you really strain to try to think of another ethnicity that could have like a wealthy white billionaire look at him in the face and say i'm going to call you whatever i want and you have no right to be offended by it because you don't understand what it means mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. what other ethnicity would ever have to deal with that in these united states mm-hmm. and let's be honest for a second the only reason that native americans have to suffer this indignity is because they lack the numbers and therefore the popular power to be able to get him to shove his team name down his throat. Mm-hmm. Now, why do they lack the numbers? Because this country was found on their displacement and their genocide. So if Dan Snyder wants to continue to profit off of the displacement and genocide of the native peoples of this country, he should just keep talking, because that's the message he's sending loud and clear, that that's his goal, that's his desire, that's his demand. I'm going to keep profiting off your immiseration. And I'm going to keep playing on the bones of your ancestors. And if you don't like it, well, frankly, that's just your fault because you don't understand. Wow. As a, a partner, you sound like you're ready to come off IR and get back in the game. You're sounding, you're sounding good, sounding strong. Comment, commentary is always strong as ever. I just got to say about Ray Rice. I yeah. mean, 
you know, I hope Ray Rice makes it all the way back. I, I hope he does not volunteer as an advisor for domestic violence survivors, though, because that's the last thing people need if they're survivors of domestic violence is to talk to somebody who's a perpetrator. Mm-hmm. I mean, let him talk to other men mm-hmm. about why they shouldn't engage in domestic violence. But if he has said that he wants to be an ambassador to women who've dealt with this, he needs to check himself and rethink that because that could do more harm than good. Wow. Dave, man, look, uh, you know, the three of us, you know we love you. We know you want you to recover as fast as possible and get back strong. Um, yeah. What, what is your timetable? When can we look to see you? Well, I hope to be back next week. Really? So okay. I got a couple awesome. more tests early next week. Uh-huh. And I got I got to come out clear in those tests. But if they do, I'll be back Thursday. If they're not, then uh, to be continued. Yeah. Well, follow orders of the doctor and, of course, your wife. Take care. And we look forward to seeing you, you know, next week. Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. We'll return after this. Edge of Sports Radio returns. Here's Dave Zirin. We're back to wrap up the show. Uh, Mark, wasn't it good to hear, hear, hear from Dave? It was I mean, great. Geez, it was great to have him back. Yeah, man. I can't wait till he, he comes back in person, uh, as always, you know, taking it strong with his, with his commentary opinions. He's got it. You know. Now that we had that, I don't know how to wrap the show after after Dave Zion and his comeback. So I guess, well, what should we talk about? Um, I know uh, DC Dan said something about Premier Soccer League. I don't know. I, I don't I'm, know gonna, I'm, sta- I'm standing is, mute but... in this segment, and yeah. so I'll let him go. The English Premier League. Come on. Oh, is that coach. what it's called? Come on, okay. Coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. English yeah. Premier League. Right. Well, okay. Yeah, kicks off this weekend on Saturday. Where? Very, very exciting. Where? <laughs> <laughs> All around the lovely UK. It's going to be fantastic. Few title contenders. UK, University April. of Kentucky? Wow. Wow. We can't, even, we can't even do just a little segment on soccer. Can't do little, unless it's the World Cup. Football unless season there. started. Yeah. There's no, like, I know. We're talking a, about football, too. No, we're talking about the real football. football. There's no, a 12-game slate of games on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, I think. Isn't that like 40? It's preseason. It's preseason. This is the start of a 38-game season. All the teams play each other twice. Some of the best, most competitive sports you will ever see. The teams you got to look out for, my Chelsea, of course, probably one of the top two favorites to win it all between Chelsea. Got a new addition, Diego Costa up top. Yes, Chelsea Let him go. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Chelsea, uh, also (laughs) Manchester City, they're the defending champions. They just won it last season. Pretty much a very similar roster to what they had last year. Mm -hmm. Their head coach, though, has come out, Manuel Pellegrini. He said that they want to go for all four trophies. So they're trying to win. the. There's a couple domestic tournaments within England. There's also the league that they play in. And then the UEFA Champions League, which, Coach, I'm sure even you've heard of the Champions League. (laughs) It's the top club competition. So they're going for all four. I don't know if they can handle that. But then Arsenal, I think they're really those three teams are the only ones that really, really are going to have a legit shot at taking it home. They just signed this Chilean international, Alexis Sanchez. He's going to add a lot of firepower to that offense. Those three teams are ones you got to look out for. So, if so, someone so, tells so, you so, Manchester so, so, United, is, is this on TV? No. Like, is there a soccer yes, network? MB- NBC Sports actually <laughs> oh. has yeah, every single game every single weekend, is either right? on TV, on live TV, or on. Uh, or online, you can watch on the internet, and they have every single game broadcasting. Even folks in England can't even see every single game. I mean, your energy and passion. I mean, you're into it, man. It's I, awesome. I, I, I shouldn't it's pick awesome. On you like it's that. almost as awesome <laughs> as Edge of Sports Radio. But that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Ben Shapiro for oh, coming on. Right. Thank oh, you so much so for nicely Dave, done. for joining so in. For Coach, for Mark, <laughs> I'm DC Dan. We'll see you next week. My man. Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. Tune in next week and go to edgeofsports.com. 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.